0: Marianne makes it official, and the Democratic Party is going to get far more, Democratic primary race is going to get far more boring. Um, President Trump begins to justify his uh, Soleimani killing, and uh, the left doesn't really seem to care. As a matter of fact, they're having a really hard time. They are trying to find another narrative to counter Trump's. Huge win here. And the reality is, Trump was only 50% successful that night, according to Trump. Wow. What is wrong with Gwyneth Paltrow? We need to talk about that a little bit, and it won't be much, because I don't think I'll be able to stop laughing. And the worst news of the day... We lost a legend today. And he was a, he was a teenage hero for me. And we're going to talk a little bit, a little bit about him. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, it's Gene. And today we're going to do something very simplistic, because I think there's a ton of news I need to get through, and I don't want to spend two hours on it. Because it is Friday night. For me, it's Friday night. but And by the way, notice something? A little different. I'm wearing a little Serape. Los Angeles Dodgers. Yay. I live in San Diego. No one likes the Dodgers. But that's okay. So, let's get straight to it. <coughs> let's get straight to it. Um, mm, Chow baby. Uh, apparently... The Democrat, (laughs) I may have a hard time not laughing (laughs) on some of this stuff today, uh, and I'm hearing this stuff as we go, okay? And by the way, I will be adjusting my camera a little bit today, because um, I'm probably going to be laughing a little bit about some of this stuff, and I apologize. Marianne Williamson, um, who was an Ofra Winfrey staple. She always was an O for Winfrey. She is a psychic. She believes that the world can be handled by love. You may not have heard of her before. That would not be a huge shock because she was at 0% in the polls. But she was absolutely freaking hysterical. I loved watching her. I was really hoping that maybe the craze, the left would get crazier. And get her nominated never happened. She's gone. She actually quit today. And God bless you, Marianne Williamson. Have fun. Go, I don't know, touch a crystal or something. So she's done. Um, uh, she stated today, I ran for president to forge another direction for our country. I wanted to discuss things I felt needed to be discussed that otherwise were not. I feel that we have done that. I stayed in the race to take advantage of every possible opportunity to share our message with caucuses and primaries now about to begin. However, we will not be able to garner votes in the election to elevate our conversation any more than it was now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure everyone. Took the conversation from a woman who's gripping crystals, hugging people that don't want to be hugged, and believes that love is going to win her the presidency. You may not remember that. Maybe I have to play that, but I, I didn't want to find it. The primaries might be tightly contested among the top contenders, and I don't want to get in the way of progressive of a progressive candidate winning uh, winning. Any of those okay, good, so what? Um, she was fun as all sin, she actually was so out there. I really enjoyed the debates. She missed the last three debates because she couldn't make any money and she just was always at like half a percent, so she was done. Goodbye, and I look like a genius now because I said on Monday, I think Monday or Tuesday, I said, this gal's done. so She'll be finished by the end of the week. So the next one, so who's going to be the next one out? My guess is probably going to be, though Cory Booker is the only black man in the race, and he seems to think that's a big deal, um, it's probably going to be Cory Booker. He's having troubles fundraising and things like that, and I think Tulsi Gabbard, who's actually rating above Cory Booker, she may be close. Amy Klobuchar may be close. Who's I'm saying Cory Booker? He's going to be done because Cory Booker will just say, "Well, I wasn't elected because I'm black," even though we just had eight years of a black president. Whatever, that's fine. That's fine. I think Cory Booker will be the next gone. I think after that it will be Tulsi Gabbard and then finally Amy Klobuchar and then you will have your top four. So you'll have your top four. Michael Bloomberg is going to be in there and there are a couple other uh, ragamuffins that are sitting in there, but yeah, they're they're done. Uh, another thing that was kind of cool is that I I have to look this up. I just heard it on the news today, but apparently Pete Buttigieg is out actually being um, accused of being a CIA plant for the Democratic Party I, okay <laughs> no no it's not okay they actually sat there he's the perfect guy he looks like he's a perfect white guy yeah he gay. he's gay but you know lots of FBI and CIA agents were gay I guess. But it was his hair. Now, I'm not going to confirm this was a a thing. I I don't know if this was a thing. I I, I heard they had like a 15-minute segment on Fox on this. I have to really read this crap before I actually go into it. (coughs) But the Democratic Party does not want Pete Buttigieg. He will get his ass kicked by Donald Trump. So... I would not be 100% surprised if this was actually a thing. I'm not going to confirm it. I need to look it up. I just heard it tonight, but I thought since we're talking about presidential candidates, I should actually bring this stuff up. So you got it. I told you. There you go. Now... That took me eight minutes to get through and I actually have a ton of stories tonight. And I'm gonna have fun with tonight. I, I really am. It's Friday night. Uh, don't have a girlfriend, so I'm just gonna have a good time with tonight. So he, here's the thing. Uh, Donald Trump, the United States actually released their um, sanctions on Iran. their additional sanctions. On Iran for the bombing they did on Tuesday, and <coughs> wow, they're pretty they're pretty vicious. And I got a feeling that the Iranian economy, if it was really bad before, it's going to be far worse now. So it's it, we're talking billions of dollars. It's going to restrict movement of some of the uh, uh, some of the high ranking members of this place. And I think, I was a little surprised. I did not think they were going to be this bad. They weren't. I have to read this. So the first one, authorizes the imposition of additional sanctions against any individual owning, operating, trading with, or assisting sectors of the Iranian economy, including construction, manufacturing, textiles, and mining. Oh my God. So right off the bat, the United States has just sat there and said, okay, if you want to make shirts for Iran, you will not be able to sell shirts in the United States. That's essentially what happened. By the way, you like the haircut? That's basically what happened. And they did that with mining, construction, manufacturing, and clothing, textiles. Oh, I cannot see that as being a good thing with a run. I'm a little so. Su- you are now going to the lowest area of economy. You are attacking the smallest piece of an economy. Manufacturing, they make. Let's say they make. Um, um, they make Yoda dolls. Now you're saying. You cannot get the cloth for the Yoda doll from Iran because it's cheaper. Oh my Lord, that's going to, that one is a big one. It's going to kill him. It's really going to hurt Iran. And essentially, let's remember what these sanctions are for. is just to get Iran to the table. Let's talk. Iran could just say, you know what? We're not going to do this nuclear bomb thing. We're not going to do this terrorism thing. We're not going to kill American soldiers. I think Iran could still be involved in Syria, and the United States would be fine with it. I think President Trump would be fine with it. Don't kill soldiers, U.S. soldiers. Don't kill U.S. citizens. Stop with the terrorism. He'd be fine with it. You want to kill Syrians? You want to kill Iraqis? You want to kill... Well, Israelis, I think that's a different story. I think Israelis he'd have a problem with. But I, I I think Trump is really an isolationist. He doesn't want any of this stuff. But this Soleimani, and we'll get to the next story, this other guy that they were targeting, that they failed, but they were targeting, these people were bad people. Okay, that's one Let's get to let's get to the sanction number two. There will be seventeen specific sanctions against Iran's largest steel and iron manufacturers. Three cyclists based entities I don't know how to pronounce that and a vessel involved in transfer of products right off the bat. Again, they are attacking. The lifeblood of an economy. They're attacking iron, steel. They're attacking natural resources. Natural resources are actually quite rare when you cannot set it. They're the most common thing of trade. The United States was trading a lot, especially steel, with China because it's so much cheaper. Iran has got to be cheaper yet. United States said, well, we're not going to deal with Iran, with steel, and that hurt them. Right now, you've got tariffs on Chinese steel. It's killing China. Because Harley Davidson, for example, wanted to move to Mexico or China in order to put tariffs, in order to avoid tariffs on steel that they were getting a lot cheaper than the United States, thank you unions, from China. The problem is now they put tariffs on Harley-Davidson's and Harley-Davidson's are coming back to the United States. It's a brilliant strategy. I don't like tariffs. I hate tariffs. I think it's an additional tax, uh, tax on American consumers. But the reality is the way Trump is playing with tariffs is killing people. And this is going to kill Iran. Because not only did Trump say uh, we're going to boycott anyone who's using Iranian steel or iron but anyone <laughs> <coughs> I still can't kill this this flu but we're going to boycott anyone who's transporting it. Uh, wow. This is a huge problem for Iran. They cannot deal with natural resources or low monetary uh, goods. They're done. Okay, those are two. The third one I don't think is as huge as the others. We will be taking action against eight senior Iranian officials who advance the regime's destabilizing activity and were involved in Tuesday's ballistic missile strike these people include the ayatollahs in a inner circle which by the way no one from the ayatollah i, I would assume it would be the ambassador i would assume it be advisors now can i the ambassador why would i think it would be the ambassador the ambassador was rejected for a visa to come to the United States to speak to the UN that is the thing Iran's going to want to do. They're going to want to go to the UN. They're going to want to plead their case, okay? Trump is going to say, no, you're not coming to the UN. And by the way, the UN, I, I personally think, and I think I said this before, I don't know where I said it, we could build a subway or a, a Starbucks on the same property that the UN owns, send them to Venezuela because they seem to love that why anyone would want to listen to Iran for anything. The idea is you want to take the brain trust of Iran and keep them in Iran so that they can't make arguments with sympathetic countries. And that's what's happening here with most people. There's one guy that they've actually blocked that is the um uh, the Ayatollah's inner circle is part of the Ayatollah's brute squad. This brute squad, the guy who leads that brute squad, and what I mean by brute squad is this is a guy who actually goes in and suppresses the population so they will not protest. The Stalin did not run um, the Red Scare. He did not run that. He gave names to his guy. If you read the Red Scare, uh, watch the movie. Watch the movie called um, "The Death of Stalin." It's a comedy. It's really funny. It's will, really well acted. It should have won Best Picture. Okay, Steve Buscemi is in it. It is that funny, but. The Red Scare was basically Stalin making a list of enemies, handing it to that person who was the head of his brute squad, squad, which was called in, in the Soviet Union the NKVD. I can't pronounce it in Russian. I won't even bother. And that guy actually implemented it. He would then send people out to go deal with it. This guy was responsible for 1,500 to 2,000 deaths in Iran during the protests. Directly responsible. Now, don't forget that Soleimani had a lot to do with the planning of the suppression of the protests in Iran. Okay, he had a ton to do with it. But the fact of the matter is Soleimani was way too important to actually do it. And this is the guy they hired. And I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name. Maybe I can. Um, No, I'm not even going to bother. But this guy is done. So that's the first big piece of news that comes out of this whole mess. The second one came from Mike Papeo. I'm sorry, Mike Papeo he, he had a bunch of news too, but the big news came from um, Trump himself. Uh, Mike Papayo basically made a comment about these sanctions, and he said, the goal of our campaign is to deny the regime the resources to conduct its destructive foreign policy. We want Iran to simply behave like a normal nation. We believe that the sanctions that we impose today further that strategic agenda." objective our campaign is composed of diplomatic economic components that have deprived the regime of billions in revenue the re- billions of revenue the regime has used to fuel death and destruction across the middle east and across the world ouch now the one thing from that comment which is consistent with the comment from Uh, with the uh, press conference that Donald Trump had on Wednesday, on uh, Thursday, is that all Iran has to do is act like a good country, stop killing people. That's all they have to do, and Iran's having problems with it. So let's move on to the next. How is the left and the media, which I repeat myself dealing with it, Apparently Soleimani was actually well no let's not get into that let's there's more news let's talk about more news. First off, there was a plane crash on uh Wednesday um, Tuesday night after the missiles were launched. And the Iranian government said, "Oh, there was a plane crash." Fine. 172 people were killed. Most of those people were um, it was a Ukrainian airline. It was a Boeing 737, I think it was. It was a Ukrainian airline and it crashed. There was no explanation for it. And uh, there was a ton of Canadians aboard. some Ukrainians, and most were students, college students. A lot of them were actually Canadian citizens that were visiting Iran because they are allowed to visit Iran and they were heading back home. Now, at first, the plane crash and I I, I listened to it. I just thought they had a bad day. Uh, They launched 22 ballistic missiles and they hit nothing but dirt. They had to admit this. They made stuff up. They had an earthquake by their nuclear facility and now a plane crashed. Okay, so things were going really bad for the Iranians. Well, it turns out that the first thing that was found, (coughs) the United States had actually had spy satellites above Iran at the time. And they said, no, something hit that plane. That plane was not actually down, did not have problems. So the plane crashes, great. So the Iranians actually go in there and they do something that is completely against the protocol of disaster recovery. They start taking up pieces of the plane. They start grabbing the black, they grab the black boxes. They refuse to give the black box to Boeing who actually made the plane and by the way, the plane was less than four years old. So the plane, and, and actually had been maintenance, had been checked two days before. The plane was in great shape. It was a Ukrainian plane, and Ukraine said this was probably their best plane. Things are not adding up here, right? So it turns out that there was other video of this plane, being shot down. And then it came, it was not shot down based on an errant missile that Iran was sending over to. And this plane was going from Iran to Ukraine. So right off the bat, this was an accident. It it was an accident. So right off the bat, you're sitting back and thinking, this isn't legit and it wasn't legit it turns out that this plane and i think i can say this at 99% probability this plane was shot down by an iranian air defense system they use a russian air they bought a russian air defense system that was done via that is set up via mobile which means when the Iranians need air defense, they drive tanks out that have the air defense system, and then they shoot. So chances are this was a human mistake. It, it wasn't even automatic. Like they couldn't turn it off. So this plane was shot down. There is a video where a, where a missile seems to be heading. There was a smash blow up plane disintegrates and then you hear a big boom. Now, there are a couple problems that Iran has. One, they won't turn over the black boxes to anyone. Two, they collected all of the evidence. And three, three, they actually had um, they actually had video by people who were just sitting around shooting video for whatever reason they shoot video and they had pictures of it. Okay, whatever. It, this stuff happens when you're in a conflict, you have an accident, but Iran is actually hiding this. Now, let let me let me tell you something. The United States also shot down an Iranian plane back in I think it was 1988. Uh, I gotta go down further. Yes, 1988. The United States Navy shot down an Iranian um, uh, passenger plane. United States took responsibility for it. We were good to go. Whatever. Iran can't do that, and the reason they can't do that is because now this becomes an <laughs> this becomes an international incident, and it's not with the United States. It's with Canada and it's with the Ukraine. They are ticking people off left and right. Now, what's bad about this is that the United States is now being blamed for this. And I tell you what, the the one that is the worst is Pete Buttigieg and he might as well just Turn off his presidency now, because I guarantee you. Even though uh, Elizabeth Warren is dropping like a rock, I guarantee you Pete Buttigieg will drop like a rock right now. He sat back and said in a tweet, "Quote: Innocent civilians are now dead because we were caught up in the middle of an unnecessary, unwanted military tit for tat." We're going to get into that in a second. No, we weren't caught in a military tit for tat. We found an Iranian terrorist in Iraq. He wasn't in Iran. Everyone seems to forget this. We were attacking Iran. No, we were performing a military exercise in Iraq after our embassy was attacked. And by the way, Soleimani was with a Hezbollah leader. This was an attack on the United States. So, but here's the most egregious. And by the way, I could have video from CNN, MSNBC, ABC, NBC, CBS, AP, Reuters. I could sit there. I'm not going to bother with it because it's the same old thing. It's over and over and over again. The same thing. Saria Rao, who was who ran for uh, Congress at one point, she's from California, and is some sort of I don't know what she does, but she wrote a couple of unsuccessful books and I don't know maybe praises Buddha. I I don't know what she does. She said in a tweet, "Quote every single one of the 176 passengers." I think it said 172. I apologize. On the Ukrainian plane that went down was murdered by Donald Trump. We have to start calling a thing a thing and stop pretending that this man and America are not the biggest terrorists in the world. I I can't believe she didn't get elected. In California, I really can't. I mean, California does that. Here's the thing. Wow. Two things. One, Donald Trump did not create, in 2016 when Donald Trump got elected, Donald Trump did not create a conflict with Iran. The conflict with Iran was way before Donald Trump was around. To sit back and and blame Donald Trump for a conflict that has already existed, over the death of one of their terrorists is asinine. We have had conflicts with Iran since 1979 when they took our 58, 56 hostages, however many. So to sit back and say, I'm sorry, we've done all of the things. We have ignored Iran and they never went away. We have appeased Iran And they never went away. This Soleimani that they actually killed was in Iraq committing a terrorist act after he had committed a terrorist act the week before, which led to the death of an American. I am sick and tired of the news media and the Democrats, but I repeat myself, blaming Donald Trump For something that's been around for, I don't know, 1970, 80, 20, 40, over 40 years? It's disgusting. That's one. Let's get to number two. When did the United States become the villain? When did we sit back and say, you know something, Uh, we're, we're the terrorist organization. And... Why is everyone ignoring what these people do? I, I I don't understand. You don't see very many a suicide bomb hit um, Iraq by an American expatriate? Do you hear any of that? No, you don't. Because it doesn't happen. Because the United States is not a terrorist organization. What do these people take... Um, Iran as a far more moral country than the United States. When did this? When did this become a thing? It's disgusting. It really is disgusting. Um. I, so, and again, the Democrats are doing the same thing. The Democrats has have decided to pass a War Powers Act. And this War Powers Act did have a couple of Republicans. Mike Lee, for example, decided to take, uh, take on the War Powers Act. He did vote for it, which his reasoning is very different than the Democrats' reasoning. Um, basically, they said, well, they didn't tell us right off the bat. Well, they didn't tell you. Yeah, so what? They had uh, a window of opportunity. Trump took the window of opportunity. And by the way, when did anyone realize that Trump made these decisions in a vacuum? Trump did not make these decisions in a vacuum. He had advice from his military. He had advice from advisors. He made a decision. It was a good decision. I'm sorry, it was a good decision. Well... <coughs> so the, Repo- the Democrats just hate Trump. That's why they passed this. The Republicans basically said, you now you should probably tell us a little bit more about what's happening. I don't have a problem with that. I, I think, you know, a president should not be willy nilly on his own making decisions like this because you may, and Trump is not one, but you may have a nut job president that does things that you shouldn't be doing. So Mike Lee is not exactly incorrect. He wasn't going really against Trump. He was going against the law that was established, I think it was back in 1993, that basically says that that the president can make a decision on a military action if it does not if it is not a war related military action. I mean by the way, Obama's advisors on CNN were actually saying what Trump did wasn't illegal, which not a shock. I mean, uh, Obama started a war in Libya, for Christ's sake, killed their president in pretty much the same way. Well, he didn't kill their president. The people killed the president, but he actually destroyed Libya. Libya is still a mess. And I just think we have a really hard time. So I understand what Mike Lee is saying. His argument is actually very good um, in that you really do need to tell Congress what you're doing. You can't just go out and do this stuff that's going to lead to problems later. And he's not saying that Trump led anyone to problems later. He just said, you probably should give us some information before you do it. Uh, Pompeo of course said, yeah, I did. We just don't have the information, but I can kind of understand this. um, so let's get on to our crazy news. And I know I'm skipping something. I'm I'm not exactly sure what I'm skipping, but that's okay. Uh, let's go on to some of the funnier stuff because I'm already at 35 minutes. I thought this was going to be a quick podcast. I'm sorry. I apologize. Dave, I'm sorry, babe. I love you. I love you. But here's, you can drop this now because the politics are over. This is just stupid crap. This is really stupid. So here we go. (laughs) Actress Gwyneth Paltrow, who basically plays Gwyneth Paltrow in every movie that she does. The problem is every movie that she does is a really good movie. And so she gets credit for playing Gwyneth Paltrow in a really good movie, has a website called goop.com. And this is basically, if you ever thought of a website that would be considered elitist, this is an elitist website. Well, Gwyneth Paltrow decided that she would sell a candle that smells like her vagina for seventy five dollars a pop. She did it, her vagina, her vag, her thingy down there, right? I mean, this kind of assumes that everyone wants to smell. Gwyneth, Paltrow's vagina. Uh, it's weird. Okay, I it, it is weird. Um. The can the name of the candle, is. This smells like my vagina. I mean, I don't know. That's pretty straightforward. Okay, she's not lying. She's saying. But here's the thing. She actually put this on a test market and it sold out at $75 a candle. This candle sold out in the test group, so she decided. So uh, this is what... (laughs) We are so stupid. (laughs) Can I tell you something? This is how you can tell. Our economy is fantastic. People are spending $75 so they can buy a candle that smells like an actress's vag. This is really how great our country is. And I wish everyone would acknowledge this. But anyway, so this is what Goop.com said. Oh my God, I can't even stop. I can't stop. My hands are cold and I, I'm i so hot. The candle started as a joke between perfumer Douglas Little and Goop. The two were working on the fragrance and she blurted out, Ugh! That's Gwyneth. This smells like my vagina. But the smell evoked... Evolved into a funny, gorgeous, sexy, and beautifully unexpected scent. <laughs> Continuing on, it gets better. That turned out to be the perfect uh, to be perfect as a candle. We did a test run, and it sold out within hours. It's a blend of geranium. Okay, I I got to be honest with you. Some of the pronunciations here, I'm probably going to screw because I've never smelled some of this crap. So here it comes. And it's sold out within hours. It's a blend of geranium, citrusy bergamot, and cedar. Absolutes juxtaposed with damask... Rose, D-A-M-A-S-K, Rose. I don't know the difference between damask rose and the crap I planted out in front of my house at the time. And Ambrette seed that puts us in mind of fantasy, seduction, and sophistication. <laughs> Dude, it's a vag. I, 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 I'm not a slut or anything, but yeah, I know vag. I was just like, what? Are these guys kidding? Okay. Um, Apparently, Gwyneth Paltrow has a real high opinion of herself or her scent. When I actually sent this to a friend, uh, a friend that I actually talk to about the next story that I know Dave frick I know relax you could have dropped this at 32 minutes I but I got to keep going I'm having too much fun to me um he asked well I mean like the woman lady part lady parts they come in different they come in different They come in different uh, um, states. How about that? They come in different states. So is this something before you take a shower, after you take a shower, um, menstruation becomes... This became a real big joke at work. It was hysterical. Um, I needed to say this because it was just too weird to leave out. So I, 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 I had to bring it up. Finally, finally, we lost the, we lost the legend. Rip to the goat, Neil Peart of Rush. Now let me give you, let me give you a little history. I was a kid, I was in high school. Um, I liked to go to concerts, but I couldn't afford a lot of concerts and, Rush was always there. They played at the Santa Monica Civic Center. And I would, I would actually literally take a bus to the Santa Monica Civic Center. They played in Hollywood all the time. Neil Peart was the drummer. And he was a phenomenal drummer. Now, I had a discussion with that same friend. And we talked about he sat back and he brought up John Bonham. And that reminded me of like Keith Moon who John Bonham was with Led Zeppelin and Keith Moon was with, um, which by the way, this guy's a millennial. That's phenomenal. that he can remember those guys. Keith Moon was from the who both are dead now. Uh, for some reason, drummers in the sixties and seventies died in some bizarre. Um, see, uh, what was that movie? Um, I can't remember. I'll, I'll bring it up later, but, This was, for me, this was a big thing because I'd actually seen this guy perform multiple times. Keith Moon and John Bonham were fantastic artistic drummers, which means they would drum, okay, and it would change. So if they did a drum solo, the drum... And by the way, I never saw either of them perform only because I, everything's from YouTube, and I'm a huge Led Zeppelin guy. I'm a huge Who guy. I, I love them both. And by the way, no, I wasn't born at that time. I, they they were gone well before I was around. But they are fantastic artistic drummers. Now, the difference between an artistic drummer and, let's say, a technical drummer, which is what, what Neil Pert was, an artistic drummer would have a different drum session every time. So, for example, they could practice left and right, and Keith Moon would sit back and come up with different drum beats and things like that. Neil Peart was the best technical drummer in the world, and he was a perfectionist. He was an absolute perfectionist. His drum beats sounded like they came from a machine. He was incredible. Um, listen to listen to um, uh, Tom Sawyer, which is Rush's biggest song, and he's got a couple of uh, drum solos out there on record, because you know Rush only had three members. He was absolutely incredible, and what made Rush, what made him stand out in Rush, because they only had three members. They had a bassist, they had a guitarist, um, the the guitarist actually, or um, the bassist also did the keyboards and things like that, is that he had to carry more of the load. That's what really made Rush great. Rush was great because all three members put in the same amount of effort in songs. Most songs, for example, Led Zeppelin or, or, or um, The Who, Keith Moon and John Bonham did not carry the band like Neil Peart did, and I'm sad that he's gone. A uh, little bit of my little bit of my past is gone now, and it makes me realize that uh, I'm getting older. Um, okay, that's it. So you can listen to or download this podcast on. Uh, Apple Podcast, Podbean, Podcast Addict, or YouTube. This Vcast is going to be available on YouTube. Just search for Dumbasses Talking Politics. Um, uh, you can actually view show notes uh, at Dumbasses Talking Politics. Please subscribe. Please rate. Please comment. I will answer. This is Gene. And you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.